please have a seat. 15 more sleeps. I mean, seriously, how many excited about 15 more sleeps? Not, not that many of you. He knows if you've been sleeping. He knows if you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. He's making a list. Do you know, I used, to, I used to worry about the fact that he's making a list. You ever worried about the list thing? Do you know, when, when I was young, the list was really simple. You sent a list to Santa, and the list was whatever toy you wanted, whatever sports thing you wanted, whatever sweets you wanted, whatever stuff you wanted. And now the list is different, isn't it? If you're older, the list is put by tree. And then that's stressful, isn't it? Buying a tree. How many people think buying a tree is stressful? Like buying a tree is stressful because you go and you never know whether the tree is going to look good because it's in a net. And then when, you, when it comes down, it's always got, you know, you don't know whether it's been watered or not been watered, whether the pine leaves are going to stay there or they're not going to stay there or it's going to be a disaster. And then there's the lights thing. You know, however you wrap the lights the year before, however carefully you wrap the lights the year before, something happens in the loft, doesn't it? And then you undo the lights thinking this is going to be easy because we spent hours wrapping them properly and then, and then you just go and buy new lights. It's just that the list is different. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's trying to work out who's naughty or nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. And I used to think, I think, that Santa Claus and Jesus or Santa Claus and God or Christmas and being a Christian was kind of the same deal. You know, it's kind of very, very similar. You know, that both of them are kind of maybe mythical figures, questionable characters. It's great for the kids, not so much for the adults. And they're obsessed with behavior, both of them, trying to work out whether you're naughty or nice, trying to work out whether you've done good things or bad things, whether you fit or don't fit, whether you're in or out. And it worried me, the whole religion thing, but what I've come to discover is this, that Christmas is the celebration of the fact that God is not like that at all. Christmas with all its weirdness, and if we're honest, it is weird. You, you, you buy things you don't need with money you don't have. You eat stuff you definitely don't need. You invite people you don't like. The whole <laughs> no, I'm sure that's not true. But... But, but the Christmas is a weird thing, but I've, I've come to discover that Christmas is the celebration of the fact that God is not like Santa. God is not distant. He has come close in Jesus. God is not harsh. He is full of love and life. God is not a taker. He's a giver. And the Christmas story and the Bible story and your story tells me that his list for you is incredible if you let him speak it over you. So, so here is the message and the experience that God is sending with the gift that he is giving. He says, I love you. I love you. I'm, I'm not against you. I'm for you. I'm not having a go at you. I just love you. I'm not looking to condemn you. I'm looking to love you. And the gift of Jesus 
baby in the manger grew up and then started to do things which were incredible that aren't easily explained away that look like the kind of things that God might do if he showed up on our planet. And he started to speak about God as if he knew God. And he started to bring hope into a world that was hopeless. You know, his primary message was encapsulated by one statement that he spoke in front of a religious guy 2,000 years ago. He said this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not die but have eternal life. God loves. He doesn't hate. He's not a hater. He's a lover. And he doesn't just love some people, the religious people, the people that have been not naughty but nice. He loves the whole world, every part of the world. And he gives because he loves. He's a giver, not a taker. And, and what he gives is the, the most precious thing that he has, his, his only son. That anybody, anybody, whatever you've done, whatever background you come from, whether you've ever been inside a church before, whether you've done good things or bad things, whether you're ashamed or not ashamed, whoever believes in him, that word means puts their trust in him, will not die, will not perish, but will live forever, will have eternal life. His gift of love for you is life. Now that's a gift. And, and, and I, I, know, I know this, I know that the way in which you experience love and the way I experience love is different because we're, we're wired differently. If, you, if the lights were up and you could turn around and look at people around you, you'd know you were very different from the people around you. And you're wired differently and you're made differently. So you experience love differently. There is a very cool book out there. It's called The Five Love Languages. And it's been so helpful for me to understand that not everyone is like me. Which is good. It's a good thing, by the way. But, but, but this guy, he, he, he postures it like this. He says, some people, there are five different categories of people, which is a bit crass, but we'll, we'll go with it. There are five different categories of people. There are gift people. People who, there you go, somebody wants a gift for Christmas. There are gift people, people who love giving gifts and receiving gifts, and the way they experience love and they give love is because they like to give gifts. Some of you will be those kind of people. And then there are words people. Yes, people who like to receive words and love to be affirmed by words and will give words to people, you know, kind, encouraging, uh, giving words. And some people are time people. They're the people who love you just to sit with them and, want, and spend time with them and not be hurried. And, and, and they want to give that time to other people. There are service people. People who love to serve people and say, I love you, I want to serve you. And, and then there are touch people. They're the huggy ones, the ones that are hugging each other right now, Say, I'm that kind of person. You might not be, but I am, and I'm going to inflict my love on you. And of course, here's the deal. I have the privilege of having the perfect combination of love language. Just saying, I'm very easy. Just in case you know, if you want to love me, give me gifts. I like gifts. I like to give gifts, but I really like to receive gifts and physical touch. I'm a hugger. I like to, people to hug me and touch me, and sometimes I have to be careful with that. But I like touch, and I like gifts. I like both of those things, and I'm dead easy. Now, my wife is a nightmare. I mean, she's lovely and amazing, and she's put up with me for nearly 25 years. But she's a complete nightmare. She has the perfect storm the perfect storm of the most outrageous, almost hellish love gifts. She is quality time and acts of service. 
I mean, that means you have to spend time with her and serve her for her to be loved. I mean, I'm easy. Just give me gifts and hug me. It's done. But Nikki, do you know, so I, I am always a disappointment to her. Here's the thing. God is not a disappointment. Because he's got the love thing covered. Because he's perfect love. And he's perfect coverage and he gifts himself he gifts his time he presences himself the god of heaven comes down to earth and he presences himself with quality time amongst us he serves us the ultimate service he serves so much that he gives his whole life so that he might serve us so that we might come to know god he he his words are affirming he comes as a baby in a manger and as a preacher on the street and he says, I love you. I'm for you, not against you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Whatever you think about yourself, I think you are perfect. They threw away the mold when they made you. He gives gifts. He gives us gifts of life and love and people and resources so that we might enjoy this incredible world. And his touch transforms everything. If you've ever met Jesus, if you've ever come face to face with the living God who walks amongst us, you will know that he heals, that he forgives, that he restores, that he transforms, that he is a game changer for our world. God is a giver not a taker. And Christmas is a celebration of giving, isn't it? We give. So, so this Christmas time, why don't we give? Why don't we give abundantly, above and beyond? And I don't mean, I don't just mean presents with sparkly paper around a tree that might be undone on Christmas Day. I mean, why don't we give of our time? People who are lonely, people who are lost, people who, who just need somebody to sit with them because they have no one to Why don't we give of our forgiveness? People who are trapped, who did things to you they should never have done, but, but, but they'll never move on unless you offer forgiveness to them. What, maybe, maybe Christmas is a time to offer peace and forgiveness with people who are now stuck in their mess. Maybe encouragement, maybe there's somebody you know that doesn't think highly enough of themselves, who this Christmas, a note from you or a word from you or a phone call from you would change things for them. That's, that's a gift, isn't it? But more than that, more than that, way more than that. Why don't this Christmas you receive the greatest gift that was ever given? The gift of the love of God. Because that changes everything. Allow him to spend time with you. Allow him to serve you. Allow him to touch you in those places that you know you need transformation, forgiveness, and healing. Allow him to gift you. Allow him to speak. And everything gets changed. Everything gets changed. They tell me there are two, there, there are three stages of a man 
Stage number one, they believe in Santa Claus. Stage number two, sometimes they stop believing in Santa Claus. Stage number three, they are Santa Claus. I, I think there may well be three stages of humanity as far as God is concerned. Stage number one, you believe in God. I'll tell you why you believe in God. You believe in God because you're hardwired to believe in God. You were made by a creator and he made you with this God responder mechanism in your heart and life. So you're born believing in God. But there comes a moment, stage two, when you stop believing in God. You stop believing in God because all the noises out there, all the voices out there, a whole bunch of thinking out there and some of the circumstances that you've experienced rails against that simple belief in God that you were born with that is part of who you are. But stage number three, you know you need God. You come to a point where you know you need his love. You know you need his truth. You know you need his touch. You know you need his voice. You know you need his life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not die but have eternal life. God is a giver. Receive his gift. I wonder if you'd pray with me. So God, we thank you. We thank you that you're not harsh, you're love. We thank you that you're not against, you're for. We thank you that you're not measuring us the whole time, you're loving us the whole time. And we invite you, even right now, this Christmas time to invade our hearts, our minds, and our lives with the wonder of your love and the beauty of your life. Would that change things forever for us? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to remain seated for a moment and we're going to reflect as the, uh, the band uh, sing to us a song that they've written, um, which is actually not... It's actually brilliant. It is brilliant. It's, an, it's amazing. And uh, the words will come up on the screen and just follow along and listen to the Christmas truth being sung over you.